Got it. Got it. Yes, it's recording. Okay, good. All right. All right. I got it. <laughs> All, All right. Um, thanks. Um, so last week we were talking about the intertestamental period and how important it is to know um, the events, the, especially the political events that led up to the scene that we have now um, in the New Testament period. Um, a lot of things um, occurred um, in the New Testament period uh, that really affected, uh, no, a lot of things that occurred in the intertestamental period that really affected the New Testament. And for instance, now when, you, when you're on the scene for the New Testament, um, you see Jesus arguing with re religious groups um, Jew, different Jewish sects um, called Pharisees, Sadducees. Um, you got all these different groups now existing during this time. But when you're looking at the Old Testament, they did not exist at that time. And so you have to ask the question, what happened? Um, now the religion of, of the Jews is now divided into these different groups, whereas before Judaism was just one, you know, solid religion. Um, but now everyone, everybody has their own view on, on Judaism or whatnot. So um, these are the things that we must, you know, keep in mind when approaching um, scripture. Okay. So um, let me go to, okay. And so when we're looking at the religions and, and the philosophies of the world, um, we have to understand the structure of the Roman government. Um, and so the, the Roman government uh, were ran by emperors. And um, uh, when Jesus is on the scene, um, Herod is in charge. And uh, if you read in, in the book, I believe, yeah, if you read it in the, in the book, talks about the, the rule of Herod. And uh, for those who took the, the four, uh, the, the gospel class, we went into deeper detail about Herod's rule and how he even got on the throne. Um, he had um, some spiritual advisors that persuaded him um, that he was the Messiah. He was the one um, that scriptures were, were saying um, the scripture and the, and the government shall rest upon his shoulder. They told him that he was that one. And so, um, so in that, um, Herod believed that he was the Messiah and he was trying to rule over Israel and Israel did not like that. Um, the, the priesthood became corrupted. There were a lot of things going on. And so in result, um, Israel, uh, a lot of, a lot of people, uh, especially like the, the Essene community, the, the book talks, uh, um, talks about that, the Essene community that, um, that drove themselves in, into the wilderness because they did not want, um, to deal with mainstream Judaism. And then the Pharisees, they, um, did not want anything, uh, to do with the, um, the new religion the Herodian uh, religion that was going on. And so they, they believe that if they stick to the law, following the law, that it will um, usher in the, the Messiah, okay? And so you had different groups that had different belief systems and things of that sort. So that's the scene that we're kind of dealing with 
Okay, here we go. That's the scene that we're dealing with um, when when Jesus is on the scene. You got um, in the book on page twenty, I believe it's uh, twenty nine, that talks about Greco Roman pantheon religion. Let me go back here. Um, so here, here we're talking about the religions of the the Roman world. So the Greek Greco um, Roman pantheon religion. Um, it was focusing on worshiping of gods. So we, that's we, I know we heard of Zeus and Diana and all that stuff. These are the worshiping of gods. And there were 12 gods um, during that time. All right, hold on, you guys. I'm about to log in. There we go. Um, they were worshiping um, gods during that time. And that's how we got uh, a few of our holidays. I know a lot of us, we like to observe Valentine's Day and that comes from the goddess of love, the Roman pantheon, um, let me see here, uh, the Roman pantheon religion. So I'm about to switch over. And so um, these are things that we must keep in mind uh, when studying, um, the New Testament. Um, and so about time of the New Testament, the worshiping of the gods and goddess was on the decline though. It was a power struggle um, with these uh, with these gods. And, um, and uh, when you look at the next section um, the emperor, emperor religions, now the emperors, they believe that after they die that they will be a deity. And so, um, and so they would be worshiped as well, but it got to the point where with, I, I believe it's um, the book says with Nero that he uh, looked to himself as deity while, um, while alive. And so um, it, when you, even when you look at the coins in the Roman world, they have pictures of Tiberius Caesar and it, under it, it will say the son of God. Okay, there we go. Uh, it will say the son of God. And so, yeah, they had a lot of different um, uh, types of, re of religion that was going on. The next one that, um, that they talk about is the mystery religion, okay? Um, so what I'm doing now, I'm just kind of speeding through this last part so we can jump into the gospels. Um, so if you have any questions. Question, question, question. Yeah, you're the host. Because you're logged in on the Revival Center. I'm on my iPad. Here, I'm about to log out and log back in. No, don't log back in because you need to sign me. detected at the front door. You need to sign me. Because it's not telling me that I'm the host on my end. Hold on. Like if you go to participants. Hold on. Okay. I got you. 
Okay, thank you. All right, there we go. There we go. So I'm able to share my screen. Sorry about that, you guys. Um, and so what I'm doing now, I'm kind of just speeding through the last part um, of this of this um, chapter so we can ju jump into the Gospels. So if any time that you guys have questions about the, the religions that I'm going through, please, you know, don't hesitate um, to, to raise your hand and ask these questions, okay? So the next one on page is page 29 in my book, so I'm not sure, I'm, it might be 28, um, the mystery religions. Um, let me share, okay, finally, well, I gotta upload my presentation now. Um, the mystery religions um, on letter C, and it says there were in the Roman empire, a great variety of experience oriented religions that fall under the heading of mystery religions. So those mystery religions were so named because they promised a mystical union with some deity for those initiates who learned the secrets of that religion, okay? And so this was uh, popular um, during that time. So they, they had that, you know, I can't explain what happened, but it happened to me um, type uh, testimony or whatnot. And yeah, honestly, you see that today in some churches that they just say that this, this, the, the Holy Spirit took over me and all this stuff, um, which is not really biblical. Um, and so uh, this is the, the type of uh, things that we even see nowadays um, in our church. And so th this is the experience oriented uh, type experience um, that was going on during that time. Um, the next sentence is as, as compared to emperor worship or the traditional religion of the pantheon, these religions offer a more personal experiential faith to, faith to people and appeal to the emotions rather to the will and to the intellect, okay? Um, ecstatic experience rather than teaching was emphasized. And so ecstatic experiences is, is um, saying that you, you, know, you were out your mind, you can't really recall what, what happened um, these, uh, different, uh, they get caught up and, and, and all that sort, that type of, um, experience comes from, um, this mis uh, what they call mystery religion. Um, okay. Let me open up. Okay. Um, so the next one, um, letter D, it talks about Gnosticism. And if you took survey, not survey, uh, yeah, survey of the Gospels, we talked a little bit about uh, Gnosticism. Um, it was, uh, let's see, on, let's see, on page 30 or maybe 29 in your book, uh, Gnosticism, it says, the name Gnosticism comes from the Greek word gnosis, which means knowledge. Let me go to the slide. Got it up. Here we go. All right. Give me one second. All right. Hope you guys can see that here. So the word, the name Gnosticism comes the Greek word gnosis, which means knowledge. Salvation could be achieved by obtaining certain knowledge. This philosophy was based on Plato's dualism, which taught that matter was evil and spirit was good. Um, so dualism um, basically is there was a separation between flesh and spirit. Um, flesh was bad, spirit is good. And then on page um, 30, um, 
it's it, the paragraph that starts that says Gnosticism spawned two divergent applications of the of the uh, practical everyday lives of people. So they were they were um, abnormal behaviors, and um, the uh, one side of the spectrum with Gnosticism is um, is called asceticism, and uh, because flesh was bad, they will reject or they will um, not give in to any fleshly desires. So if you like to, for instance, go to the movies or like to wear jewelry and makeup or um, like to play video games or whatever, that is a way of fulfilling the desires of the flesh. And so they will not um, expose themselves to those type of things. And if they were caught if they catch themselves having ungodly thoughts, then they will beat their flesh, literally beat their flesh. And so this is a type of, uh, this, you'll see monks, they live this uh, very secluded, solitary life because it's a form of asceticism. Um, priests live that kind of life too, a form of asceticism where um, they're constantly, um, uh, you know, cursing, cursing their flesh because of, of, of whatever thoughts they may have or whatnot. And then the other side of the spectrum, the book talks about libertinism, uh, libertism. Um, and the, the Bible actually calls it lasciviousness. Um, you'll, you'll see a scripture in Colossians that talks about um, uh, certain, certain desires and certain things of the spirit um, cannot be uh, cannot be true or whatnot. Colossians chapter two verses twenty two um, kind of talks about that. Uh, let me see here. Where am I? Okay, yeah. And so it talks about that. Um, libertism is basically um, since the the flesh doesn't count and the spirit does that I can do whatever I want to do in the flesh because at the end, it don't matter. My spirit man is what matters. And so that's the, the two spectrums of uh, Gnosticism, living a life that's, uh, that's strictly um, uh, killing the flesh, literally beating the flesh and not giving into lustful desires and the other end of uh, libertinism Whereas they'll give in to the flesh, flesh desires because the flesh don't matter because at the end, the spirit man is what matters or whatnot. So that's what Gnosticism, and that's, um, like I said, you see Paul talking about it. You'll see John dealing with it in his letters. Uh, John chapter, uh, book of uh, John, uh, first John through the third, through third John, he's talking, he's dealing with that as well. So it was a very um, popular religion that Paul had to talk about and uh, the other apostles they had to talk about because it was going on during that time. Okay, so any questions about that before I hop to the next one or comments? All right, let's see here. Um, there was uh, also in the, in the scripture, it talks about Judaizers. And so they believed that Jesus Christ was Lord uh, but salvation was not solely in him. Um, instead, he was the first step to salvation. And so um, they believe that 
the uh, you, once you believe in the promise, promised Messiah, that you still had to believe in the law. Okay, so that they called them the Jesus Plus group, and so they had to you had to uh, believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah and still believe in the law of Moses. Okay, this is why in the book of Galatians, I believe Galatians chapter one, Paul condemns them to hell. He said, anybody that believes in, in another gospel other than the gospel that we preached are accursed or going to send them straight to hell. Um, he said, you know, he, he even went as far as even if an angel comes down and speak opposite of what the apostles are talking, condemn them to hell. And so this is the this is the religions that Paul was addressing during that time. OK, they were in uh, in. Uh, infiltrated they had infiltrated the galatian church and they was in the process of perverting the gospel of christ and they were attacking the authority and the credibility of the apostle paul okay uh i don't know what happened to mine okay i think i'm good okay all right um so any questions about the religions um during that time or comments because I'm about to hop into the next chapter here. Uh, I think the rest of the chapter talks about, um, uh, oh yeah, we talked a, a little bit. No, I'm not, let's see here. Oh, about the different sects, the Pharisees and Sadducees and the difference um, with that. So the book talks about that, the difference between the different groups. And the chart that I have here is not exhaustive as far as um, the, the various Jewish groups that existed. There were over, I think, 27 groups of, of Judaism that existed um, uh, during that time. So this is just a small pie chart of it. So I pray that you all did your reading. And if anytime that you have questions, definitely ask them. Uh, so we make sure that uh, we can give you some clarity on it. Um, but for those who've been going with us for a little while, um, this should be kind of a refresher because we talked about this heavily in the survey of the gospels. But for the new people, um, if you all have questions concerning um, the religions, definitely ask your questions, okay? All right. So in that case, I am going to put up the next lesson, let me see here. All right, for the lesson for today. And so we are talking about the perspectives of the gospel, okay? Um, so that was the reading assignment for, for this week. And you didn't have to read the whole thing. I know it's pretty long because we're going to be taking up two weeks talking about the gospels. So basically I'm just um, doing the intro part on it. And then next week we'll get into looking at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so we won't do, um, an in-depth like we did in the gospels. We're just doing, um, talking about the author the, the, the place, the, the date, um, talking about the special considerations and the summary of the book. We're just going to be real quick because this is just a survey, just giving you a taste on uh, what the books are about, okay? All right, cool. Um, all right, so uh, here are the lesson objectives for today. Um, 
wait, let me pause because I I was kind of everywhere. Um, the documents for today are available. And that's why I was supposed to post, but my computer, I had to restart it and it kind of threw me off a little bit. Um, let me give y'all that that link. Um, I think you probably, if you still have the Dropbox link, it might be in there. Um, I know if you go to the Institute page, it is on there under week three, but let me, let me see here. Where is the, let's do the chat. I'm gonna put the link um, in the chat so you guys can um, get the, the new documents. So give me one second to give y'all that link. Okay, well, of course it's gonna take forever to load. Um, so let me let me um, try to do two things at once. Let me just go over the lesson objectives. About the time I get over uh, the lesson objectives, um, the link will will pop up for me. But um, so this week we are going to be familiar with the historical context of the gospel times, and we're going to hear that word historical context a lot. And so we need to um, really familiarize ourselves with the historical um, context of the Bible and understand the political, the social, and the religious um, situations that they were going on um, during the, that time, okay? All right, here we go. Here's the link. Uh, I put it in the chat um, that you all can access the documents and those who can't download, uh, uh, can't use Dropbox, uh, you're able to download, download it straight from the site. So um, there we go. Sorry about that, y'all. I just got thrown off this morning with my computer. Um, and so we have to understand what historical context is. And so when we're approaching scripture, we cannot approach scripture with our 2021 mindset. Uh, we have to be able to step into the times the Bible times and to understand what was going on during that time, because what was going on shapes the scripture. Um, the authors of the scripture, they're um, addressing or writing from a viewpoint of events that were going on during, during that time. And so it's important for us to understand the events because it affects the way that we interpret scripture, okay? Um, the second point is learn more about how God has used human vessels in inspiration. Because could someone tell me what inspiration is? We talked about that last week. And what what is inspiration? Y'all don't remember? When something has been illuminated? No, uh-uh, nope. Not, um, not illumination. If you're inspired, you are. I don't know. Is it when God is speaking to you? Yeah. And so God, God is speaking. So God's, God's thoughts are God's words in human language. Okay. 
So that, and then they were inspired to write down what God was speaking to them about. So that's um, illumination. So basically taking God's revelation, God took his revelation or his thoughts, put it in human language and inspired them to write. So that's inspiration. So we're going to, thank you, Tracy. So we're going to look at how God used human vessels in inspiration. Um, And so uh, we we, um, don't really consider the human authors. We look at the divine author, which is God, but we we don't really take the time to understand what was going on with the human author when they were writing when they were writing uh, this book, uh, the book that they were writing? Okay, um, because the the human authors they didn't know that they were writing scripture, especially with Paul. Paul was just writing letters addressing issues that they were going on in the church, or he was um, addressing churches that he never uh, that he didn't find, uh, but he was um, sending a letter of, of a positive commendation to them. And he didn't know that his letters would be in a, in a, in a book, but the divine author did. Okay. And so uh, we have to understand the situation on why Paul wrote the letter in the first place. And we have to understand um, God's purpose on giving us these letters. And so, um, and so they, like I said, they were uh, that it's important for us to understand the circumstances um, that led to the, the human vessels to write what they wrote, okay? Um, the next point is to be more familiar with the structure and the scheme of the gospels. And so the divine and human author work together to get, um, to basically uh, put what we have together. Now the divine, the human author probably had no idea of what God was doing, but um, God did. And so um, these letters, the gospel letters, they have a specific agenda um, with them. Um, They wanted to influence the original reader on how they should view Jesus, okay? And they wanted to influence them on how to uh, view Jesus. And so, and so while they were writing and while everything was being put together, the Holy Spirit was superintending it all. He was, um, he was overseeing it all. And so, um, and so they, they were able to address, like, for instance, with, with the book of um, Matthew, Matthew was addressing the first generation church um, during persecution that was going on. Matthew was over in um, Egypt when he wrote this letter to those who were in Jerusalem and scattered um, and scattered um, abroad. And he had to uh, persuade to them who Jesus was because they started to not believe, like maybe this Jesus that we believe in is not the the, the Messiah that we're looking for. And so Matthew had to write a letter of encouragement and to basically to tell them that this is the Messiah that we were looking for. And he uses Old Testament scripture to prove that this is the Messiah. So this is, this is the reason why Matthew is in, in this form as it is. And you see a lot of his writings. Jesus did this to fulfill this scripture. Jesus did this to fulfill that or whatnot. So he was, he was proving to the first generation church 
who was um, dealing with persecution, that this is the Messiah and to keep the faith, okay? And so uh, situations like that, the background situations are so important. And when growing up in church, we don't hear that background situation. We just believe that this is for us and he was writing to us and all that stuff. And he was, he, he was not. His first group that he was writing to were the first generation church or whatnot. And so say with John, John letter was written years later. He was writing to the second generation church. And John's letters is not considered a synoptic, uh, but it's, uh, it's important to understand that John was addressing a totally different group of people than Matthew, Mark, and Luke, okay? And so we're going to talk about that a little bit, a little bit more or whatnot, okay? So let's go to page, um, it's 44 in my book, um, The Perspectives of the Gospel, I'm not sure what it is in you in you all's book. Um, my page is a little different, but it's 44 in, in my book. Um, and it says the term gospel means good news, okay? So very early in church age, this general word for good news took on a technical idea of the good news about Jesus Christ, his marvelous salvation. So these four books of the New Testament tells this story of Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ's salvation for the lost man, therefore are referred to as the gospels, okay? So look at this slide here. So it's basically saying the same thing, but it says when we say gospel from a biblical perspective, we mean good news or good message, a phrase apparently intended to reflect the Greek word euagalon. Simply put, the term gospel is applied to the message of the free and gracious salvation offered to sinners through the finished work of Yeshua. So this gospel message in detail is told in the first four books of the New Testament. So um, this right here is, is so important to understand when we're talking about the gospel that we emphasize the finished work of Jesus, okay? Because without this finished work of Jesus, then we are not saved, okay? So um, understanding the understanding the finished work is very pertinent to our to our salvation okay um and so there's nothing that we can do to become unsaved we were saved before the foundation of the world the finished work was finished before the foundation of the world and so we have to understand that nothing or no one can snatch us from the hand of god uh anything that you know that we do can especially if we're saved that can cause us to lose our salvation okay so that is important to understand that that um aspect of the gospel or whatnot okay um, let's see here. Let's go to the next slide. Okay. And so it says, but why are there four gospels um, in the Bible? Uh, were there possibly other gospels? If so, why they weren't included in the Bible? Okay. I'm gonna stop at that sentence there and I'm going to pick up um, in the book under the relationship, I mean, the relationships of the gospel. And it says, it is possible to say with any certainty why, uh, why there are four gospels in the New Testament and not two, three, or five. Um, we know that numerous written accounts of Christ's life existed in the first century. 
um, but the only but only four were recognized um, as Holy Spirit inspired. And so um, we are told even in scripture that there are more accounts out there. And in the book of Luke, he says it here on the slide here, it says many have undertaken to draw an account of things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to, to us by those who first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, I decided to write an orderly account. So he was hearing all these accounts and all these um, uh, accounts of, of Jesus Christ, and he decided to write his own orderly account. Okay, so the Bible tells us that there were other books out there or other letters out there that talked about the, the life of Jesus or uh, talked about the gospel. Okay, and the next scripture says that, um, and from Galatians, it says, I am amazed that you all are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. And there, here it is again. Um, scripture is telling us that there were other gospels out there, which is not just another account, but there were some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel. But even if we are an angel from heaven, this is the one I was talking about, uh, angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you. He is to be accursed. As we have said before, even I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you receive, he is to be accursed. And so we, that, this allows us to know that there were other gospels out there trying to influence the people, okay? And so that's something that we have to uh, keep in mind. We never heard of the gospel. Now, all gospel, the gospels, um, this is given a, a negative view. Uh, Galatians was given a negative view, and he was basically talking about Gnosticism um, and the, the Jesus Plus movement. Um, and not all... Um, accounts out there were, were bad. You have the, the uh, gospel of Barnabas, you got the gospel of Thomas, you got the, um, the gospel of Mary Magdalene that's, that exists out there. So there were um, the gospel of Judas that exists, Jesus' brother, um, uh, gospels that exist out there. And so they, they weren't all bad. It was just that um, only a certain few were chosen. And does anybody remember from the Gospels on why only four were chosen? I don't remember. I know Tracy remembers. She should remember. Oh, I'm thinking about the Tetramorph. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You're right. Right. You was uh, hooked on why was the ox and the lion and all that stuff. That's right. Exactly. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Inspired by that vision of of Daniel, um, of the four. Um, I don't want to use the word beasts because I just associate negativity with that. But that is what they were called, the four creatures. Now they were called creatures um, mm -hmm. at the throne of God, and so um, that number four became a special number, and so that inspired the early canon creators, the early fathers to say there were four gospels. That's all right. I know. Yeah, you're good, good. Yeah, that, that was good. Yeah, it was um, from Ezekiel. Um, yeah, and so yeah, uh, one of the early church fathers, Irenaeus, had this uh, revelation or illumination 
on why there should be four gospels. And he took the scripture in Ezekiel here. Um, their faces were like this. Each four had human face and on, on the right, a lion and on the left and of an ox and on each had a face of an eagle. And so that's, um, if you have the four textbook, you'll see that on there. And so, uh, and so from this scripture here and the um, the scripture of Revelations chapter four, he just had this illumination on why there should be four gospels, okay? And so that's why we only have four, but there are more that exist out there. Other canons that we talked about, they have other, other gospels out there or whatnot. So, yep, so that's why we only have four um, four gospels in our book. Okay. Any questions about that? All righty. All right. Moving on. All right. Let's see here. And so here, uh, I think this chart is in probably week one, but here, uh, breaks down the new Testament structure and timeline in order for us to group them by, by genre. And so um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the, the Gospels and the Book of Acts are considered history. And like I was telling you all last week, um, each genre has their own rule of interpretation. And so history is to just to give us a record or an account of what, what was going on. It doesn't necessarily mean to instruct us um, like the letters are meant to instruct us as um um, and so you have the Pauline epistles and you have the, the general epistles and then you have the book of Revelation, which is uh, prophecy or whatnot. So um, and so, yeah, so basically Matthew, Mark, Luke and John is giving us a record on on Jesus and what was going on during during that time in the book of Acts, too. It gives us a record about the beginning of the church. OK. All right, I just wanted to throw that in there. All right, so the four gospels, I think this is under in your book, the a comparison um, of the four gospels. So the four gospels are not biographies of the life of Christ for the simple reason that almost 30 years of his life aren't are really not dealt with. The gospels are four different views of Jesus Christ. They are thematic presentations. Each of the authors approach Jesus uh, Christ's life from his own viewpoint and develop that viewpoint in selecting certain teachings and miracles under the inspiration um, of the Holy Spirit. Okay. And so you see the chart on page 48 in your book. It's 45 in mine. So it might be 48 in you all's book. Um, they said the comparisons of the four of the four gospels. And so um, it's important to understand the theme of each gospel. And uh, Matthew, he was writing um, the book of Matthew to portray Jesus as king. Mark was showing him as, this, as a servant. Luke was showing him as a man. And John was showing Jesus as God, okay? Um, and it's important, so important to keep that in mind. And it's also to, it's important to keep in mind who they were writing to. The, the Matthew was writing to the Jews. Um, detected at the Mark door. was writing to the Romans. Luke was writing to the Greeks and John was writing to the church. Now with, with um, Luke though, we learned when studying the gospels that Luke was actually writing to a person named Theophilus. 
okay? Um, and so you, you, you catch that in the very first few verses of Luke that he was, um, that we, they believe that Theophilus was a person that, uh, that wanted to know more about this Jesus and basically funded um, Luke's missionary journey um, to get an orderly account on, on this Jesus, okay? So um, you see how many chapters are in each book, um, the unique materials, and the Old Testament quotes. So you see that uh, Matthew, he uses, of course, a lot of Old Testament because of his approach. He was talking to Jews and proving to, to him, to them by using Old Testament scripture that Jesus was the Messiah. And you see that John is very unique. Um, it's not like the other synoptic books. Um, and so he has a totally different flow and feel of his book, okay? Um, let's see, what else here? Let's hop to a discussion of the synoptic gospels, if there are any questions about that, uh, what I just discussed. All right. All right, so top of, uh, well, no, it's not on top, but on page 49, um, discussion of the synoptic gospel. It says, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are commonly referred to as synoptic gospels. So synoptic is a Greek word that means seeing together or having a common view. So this term emphasized that Matthew, Mark, and Luke basically have a common viewpoint of the life and ministry of Christ, okay? Um, I'm reading from the book. Um, they therefore carry the title of the synoptic gospel. It is reason, reasonable to assume that John, writing much later than Matthew, Mark, and Luke, intended for his gospel um, to complement the synoptics. It is clear that he avoided using much of the material found in the synoptic, okay? Um, so on the slide here, on the second sentence, it says, by synoptic, we means sin, which means together, and opsis means view. So in other words, theologians generally believe that the three gospels are accurately understood and interpreted when viewed together. Okay, so when you're taking a passage from, say, Matthew, talking about uh, uh, feeding the, feeding the 5,000, you want to find that corresponding story in the book of Mark and the book of Luke, okay? Um, there's a tool online that you can use uh, called Bible Hub. And if you click on Parallel Gospels, you're able to pull up stories and it will tell you where it's found in the um, other gospels as well. Um, now, I know I show this for those who've been, who's been on this journey with us, but for those who are new, I, will, I um, can show you all real quick, okay? Because I don't want to assume that you all know. So I hope you you guys can see my uh, internet explorer here. We can see it. Okay, good. All right, so the site is biblehub.com. Um, you go down and you click on, it says uh, par gospel. So it means parallel gospels. And so they're listed by, by story. So let's just pick one. Um, 
the time of beginning of John's preaching, okay? So you want to know what books of the Bible is that told in? It was only told in Mark, and it was an only told in Luke, okay? So you could just click on any type of subject that you want to read about the first disciples of Jesus. John only reports that. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke don't talk about the first disciples of Jesus. So it's, it's a really good tool, especially to those who may be writing sermons or just studying. You just want to uh, want to get, you know, get an accurate account of the stories. This tool here is a, is a good tool. Bible Hub is a really good tool. Okay, it has so many um, things that you can use with with Bible Hub. And also, if you wanted to look at the apocryphal books that I was talking about, they're here too. And other types of literature. I mean, it's it's available on this on this website. Okay, so just put that in there so you guys can know. Okay, so like I said, if you want to um, get a full understanding of a story, you want to do a synoptic study of that. Okay, um, see here, the theory is that the writers or at least two or three um, themselves likely relied on the information from the others to write the perspective of the story of Yeshua and sort of a blended and sort of blended their stories. Okay, so they believe that Mark was written first. And that, and that Matthew and Luke used Mark's book to, to use as a guideline to write their letters, okay? All right, what else here? A comparison, where is that at here? Okay, um, so a comparison, I think I probably talked about this already. A comparison of the first three gospels show that the framework regarding time and place is common to all three. Also, many events and some teachings are related in all three. Even the language employed is common in many ways. These likenesses are so many that the general position among biblical scholars has always been are not three independent. And it's also believed that John, the writer of the fourth, deliberately abstained from duplicating the information found in the earlier three gospels. So I said that um, already. Let's go to the next one. Um, it says, even though there is some variations among biblical scholars, most agree that the gospels can be outlined into eight major divisions um, of Jesus' life on earth. And that's what, um, in, in this book, the New Testament book, you'll see the, the eight divisions after you uh, look at the, the settings of the gospel. Of course, you want to know about the Palestinian area, um, uh, you know, uh, Galilee and all that stuff. Um, let's see, I'm kind of just scrolling through here um, and learning, learning about the Samaritans and learning about the Jews and uh, we discussed, I believe when we were, when we were doing the intertestamental study, we, we discussed about the Samaritans and why uh, the Jews had so much beef <laughs> with the Samaritans. It goes all the way back to about 700, seven, uh, what is it, 760, 760 BC, um, when they, uh, when Israel was trying to teach the Samaritans on how to worship their God and Samaritans, they, they started bringing in other foreign gods and things of that sort. So that made Israel mad. And also another point was when they were trying to rebuild the temple, the Samaritans was trying to block it. 
So, um, so for years, as you see, they had beef with the Samaritan, with the Samaritans. Okay. Um, so let's jump to, okay. Yeah. So I was saying that the, the gospels is broke. It, it could be broken up into eight major divisions of Jesus life. So if Bible students familiarize themselves with these they will more likely easily recognize Jesus' movement and ministry, no matter how varied these divisions may be presented. The gospel writers themselves at times present Jesus' ministry with no regards to chronological order, okay? And when you look at Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they are not in order. Some would have certain miracle first, and that miracle might be at the end in Matthew's account. Yeah, there's no... There's no yeah, they're kind of they're kind of just everywhere, and so um, and but the thing is, they're writing in a thematic form. They're showing you a theme, like we, what we learned from the book of Mark is that he uses a lot of literary elements, um, the inclusios and intercalations. Um, it was a it was a writing style of of the Romans, and he used that to show um, to prove that Jesus Jesus Christ was you know, was Lord in this way, or he was a servant in this way, and things of that sort. So um, those are things to, to really keep in mind that each writer had their own theme, okay, when writing. So it's not going to be in chronological order, but it's going to be in thematic order. And so it says, as you view the chart on page 61, you'll notice that most of the gospel content deals with the three and a half year ministry of Jesus, okay? So there is a chart on 61 that- Hey, can I ask a question real fast? Real fast. Sure. When, so since it's more thematic and I just, I'm just curious about how to approach it when in one gospel, and I cannot remember, but in one gospel it is say Jesus went from this place and then he entered into this place and did this. But then in another gospel, it kind of, paint him kind of getting there a different way like how do we approach that when teaching or or preaching you know what i mean and sharing the gospel how do we approach that so it of course we got to tell the the person listening like hey you know it's not in order it's thematic blah 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 you know like i get it but i'm saying how do we share that in an effective way without making it look confusing. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I'm I, that approach. So like, if I'm teaching, if I know it's thematic and the other gospel might say it happened, like Jesus might've came from Jerusalem and kind of went here a different way and healed this person. But then another gospel might say it's slightly different. Like how do you get what I'm saying? Like, how do we approach that when ministering the word as a teacher or somebody who's preaching this to an unbeliever um you 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 definitely have to uh express or definitely have to communicate that it it's their perspective so they they saw jesus doing coming like you with your example coming from jerusalem to do this that that's how they saw it it's just like um, if anybody give an account uh, of an event, everybody's account is going to be different because of what they saw and their perspective or whatnot. So that is very important to emphasize um, everybody uh, has a different perspective. 
But if you want to read it together and try to make sense of it, there's a tool here that's called interwoven gospel, where it will put all three of them together and to try to make sense of it. So let's take one story here. Jesus tempted by the devil is told in all three synoptic stories, but they, they uh, put it together for you and uh, for you to understand what was really going on. So this is a tool that can definitely help um, try to reconcile each uh, viewpoint. Does that answer your question? Yes, that's good. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah, definitely. Um, you guys remember that one It's called inter interwoven gospel. Um, so if you come to a point where you're reading the three and it, it has, you know, variant details, click on interwoven and it will help you kind of reconcile, um, the story and try to, you know, put it together or whatnot. So it's a, it's a good tool to, to use. Okay. Any other questions? Okay, cool. Um, we're on the last slide here. It's basically just telling you the eight periods. And I pray that you all will get a time um, to read uh, through the periods um, uh, of, of, uh, of this last part here. Um, it, would, it just helps you just kind of break down the Bible into manageable chunks or whatnot. So, um, so I, I encourage you all to keep on reading um, this book and, you know, read it side by side with your Bible um, to get an um, understanding of on what is going on um, in the gospel. So next week, we're going to actually look at each individual gospel and talk about it, uh, the authorship, the date, the, the place, the synopsis, the special considerations and all that stuff. So any questions about that? I know I kind of sped through it a little bit, but I hope that you all did some reading and um, hopefully I was able to clarify some things that may have been talked about in the book. So any questions? Um, no? This question is a little bit maybe left field and if it's too far left, let me know, but okay. do you, have any background on when gospel began to be translated as truth? Because you, you hear that in, in secular contexts. They say that's the gospel right there, or this, you know, that's gospel, or they talk about, you know, certain things being the gospel that clearly aren't the gospel, but somehow that began to be a, a common phrase of some sort. Uh, I think using the, the term like that's the gospel is, I think it's kind of a lingo. People use it as a lingo. Yes. Almost. Like that's the truth. Like, yeah, that's the gospel. That's the truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, lingo in that source, yeah. but a uh, technical, um, from, from a technical stance, um, this chart here, kind of shows the acceptance of, uh, of the books. And like I said, because of what Irenaeus said about the four um, gospels, they were um, 
because of because of what he said, they didn't really consider any other other gospels or whatnot. And so you see here, like the four gospels was always accepted. Those were not in question mm -hmm. because of what Irenaeus said or whatnot. So, but yeah, so the answer your question in you know the worldly way is it's just a lingo people use or whatever but technical um because of Irenaeus these are the the four gospels or whatnot but with that also um the Romans use the term gospel is good news before right yeah 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 yeah, the gospel. I mean, you could preach any gospel. You can do a medical gospel. You can. I mean, a good a gospel is basically good news about something. So it's not really technically talking about Jesus Christ. That's why I say when you say the gospel, you have to specify the gospel of Jesus Christ or the gospel, the finished work of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So you have to specify because anything could be a gospel. Winning the lottery, that's the gospel. That's good news. So right, and, and and I'm learning. I'm learning that with a with a lot of terms because we got to. I think, and I keep having to remind myself, even with dealing with Ephesians, that uh, that a lot of these Greek and Hebrew terms and stuff were already there before these writings were written. So just like when I was researching the term apostle. You know, it was like, whoa, that, that came from a military term as well. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't. Right. But we take that stuff and be like, uh-uh, don't you desecrate that. that is, and it's like, uh, technically, <laughs> in a secular sense, it can. But it's like, and this is why Paul would say, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. Or, you know, Paul, the apostle of whatever. Because he's like, let me make it clear that I am a messenger of Christ and not a messenger of the Roman government, you know, of any of that. So I think that is very good information to keep in mind. Because when my sister first said, so my sister Erica, she said, I said something like, yeah, you know, I love you. And she was like, yeah, that's the gospel. And I was like, what? Like, what are you trying to say? You know, because it was lingo. <laughs> But in my mind, I'm like, what you mean the gospel? What? Huh? Like, right, how do you, right, what right. did you, huh? You know, so that's, that's good info. Yep. And yeah, yeah, when he was saying that, he was, um, you're absolutely right, overseer, because apostle, that word was used as an official, one who had spoke on the behalf of a chief official or, or on behalf of the authority of another. And that's why Paul made it clear the official he was speaking for, and that was Jesus. I mean, straight to the to the one. You can't get no better than that. <laughs> yep, yep. Yep, yep. Any other comments or questions? All right, cool beans. Um, on the website, um, uh, if you look at the Dropbox, there is the second part of the workbook that can help you organize your notes if you don't know where to start. Um, the workbook is a guide for you all to, to, you know, to take notes and to keep things in mind, things of that sort. Um, notes are in there. Um, next week, like I said, we're going to go through each gospel and talk about, uh, you know, we're, this is, remember, remember, this is a survey class, so we're not going as deep. Uh, we're just giving you just the, just the who, what, when, and how, and why. That's it. And then uh, we'll continue from there. So 
Are there any other questions or comments before I pray out? All right, cool beans. Uh, hold on, before I leave you all, let me make sure I take attendance because I did not do that. Let's see, I see Bridget is on. Let's see. Uh, okay. Um, I see Eva is on. Um, who else? I see Khalil. Um, I see. Sorry, you guys. Let's see, I got I got Renee. I got Tracy. I got Ramona. I got Tammy. I got Lindsay. Um, I got Wayman. I got Mary. I know I had let's see who else. Sam. I see Sam's online. Sharon's online. Sunny is online. Toya is online. Marquise, Monet, good bless you, child. Let's see here. Are you enrolling? You enrolling in the class? Or to add you to the list? Let's see. I got Miss. Ms. Call her out. <laughs> I know. I saw time. Yeah, time is yeah, on. I wanted a book. I need a book okay. too. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we got one more book at the church, so that that is yours. Um, let's see, Trish, she's online, got her, let's see, Paige saw a line, and I think that's, that's right, Anna. <laughs> yes, I can't forget, <laughs> so, okay, got everybody, oh, Lord, lock me out, Lord, I hope it's safe. I didn't hear my name. Miss Bobby, yep, I, I got you, I got you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I hope it's saved. I hit the Lord. It did not save Lord. Okay. Yeah, I think I got I got everybody. I remember now. So I don't want to keep y'all because it logged me out when I hit save, of course. Um, so um, yeah, so if anytime that you have any questions um about the reading, you can always shoot me a message. Now, now I've been sending emails and I heard that my email's been going in a spam and junk folder. So make sure that you check your spam and junk for my emails. I didn't know they were being sent there. Um, so definitely check uh, your emails uh, for like assignments and things of that sort. And on the website, it tells you if you're taking it at level three, there is an assignment that's out there. Okay. Um, what's the assignment? It says, nope, I don't have it in front of me um, before I click out. Uh, the assignment is, no, I got it. Yes, yeah, on the, ha, ah, there it is. Um, for for uh, level three, it's just to learn about the eight periods of Jesus Christ. Um, re, uh, know about the, the, um, the chart that breaks down the, the, the books um the gospel the acts and pauline epistles in general just learn about that and then a writing assignment just write a one you don't have to write a one or two page paper just maybe a one page about the synoptic and talk about the synoptic problem that the book talks about you can turn it in or you don't have to turn it in okay so but there's an area that you can turn it in okay all right so if that's 
Oh, I'm double space on the writing. Is that a double space? 12.5. And it's at a 14 font. 14 font. 12 is the APA guidelines. MLA APA guidelines. We ain't them. We ain't them. Carry your news. That is not the gospel. You said it again, Sonny. I said, Courier New is uh, size 13 font. Just a heads up. That is not the gospel. You are not saying the gospel right it's, now. Is this single or double space? <laughs> it's, it's up to you. I'm not. I'm double not space. MLA format is double space. Okay. <laughs> MLA. <laughs> You know, make sure you put your sources. Amen. No, I'm joking. Put it through um, Grammarly. Put it through Grammarly. <laughs> right, right, right. So, yeah, I'm not particular. Is, I'm so, sorry. Is the quiz is the quiz going to be available after class? Um, actually, I just decided to just do an assignment. Um, I would do it. I, yes. I, I would do the quiz next week. I, I no, that's okay. It, you don't have to. Yeah. That's okay. You yeah, don't I have didn't, to. I we like this assignment. I have the questions written out. I just didn't have the time to put it in the software that I use for quizzes. So, Amen. Uh, right. <laughs> so I'll uh, I'll have that for y'all next week or whatnot. So, okay. All right. Uh, let's pray out. Father God, we thank you for this day. Thank you, God, uh, for this lesson. And I pray, oh God, that we will continue to keep trucking and keep keep studying. Um, if those who have questions, I pray that they are confident just to, just to ask the questions, Father, um, that we are going through this together, oh God. And so I pray that uh, we will encourage one another and lift each other up um, during this process, oh God. I thank you, oh God, for their willingness and for their dedication, oh God. And I pray that, um, that you will illuminate the word to them, that they will have an understanding, oh God, um, according to uh, your will, Father. So I pray that um, you will bless them, that you will keep them, and that you will bless their families and uh, bless uh, each part of their life, Father. So God, I honor you for them, and I give you all the praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys, have a good one. Good class, good class. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank Everybody you. have a good one. You too.